6th of March and I'm joined by uh, Olivier Jatel uh, who is a um, writer, an academic, a cultural critic or uh, whatever, uh, a leftist commentator and a friend of the station. Um, I will turn your mic on. Damn, George, uh, some authoritarian uh, strains running through <laughs> yeah, yeah. this leftist podcast. Like I, we were talking about tankies, man. I don't know. If you're not going to turn on my mic, I might have to call you a tank. Kia George. Did I ask you to talk? Um, and you're back from um, University of Fiji, back here in, in Dunedin. University of the South Pacific. University, University of, of Fiji does exist. That is a thing. It's a real low-key kind of uh, right. mom-and-pop operation. Um, and so you're, you're in today uh, to talk about this fellow... Jordan Peterson, uh, which, you know, has had an interesting rise to fame, uh, especially online, uh, as most things are right now. Uh, he's a Canadian conservative professor, would you say? I mean, who, who is this guy? And also, I can imagine people on campus, and I have heard people around talking about him, which is interesting. He's been popularized. So, Jordan Peterson is kind of you know for me in the online left or something he's kind of like an, a meme you encounter of, mm -hmm. of you know saccharine uh, kind of hug it out masculinity he's worried about our boys and it's, it's really funny how um, I mean he's he's not a archetypal kind of masculine figure but he's obsessed with with masculinity and, and he'll have a good cry about the plight of our young men and the messages that they're told that they have no place in this society. Anyway, whatever. So it's, it's pretty funny stuff. Um, but actually, you know when your kind of online ironic world actually comes into real life, it's, mm. it's very jarring and disturbing. So Jordan Peterson is a best-selling author. I mean, mm -hmm. that's, the, that's the reality of it. And I, and I think that's a, a really important thing to think about when uh, people are, who are activists, who are leftists, you know whether on in, on campus or online or whatever when when you actually kind of like you know what are the what are the normies up to mm -hmm. and and the normies are checking out Jordan Peterson yeah, yeah. and um yeah, you know I think Jordan Peterson is a product of he's somebody who got into academia you know a couple decades ago when that was a a pretty easy game or hustle and just was in a, a far corner that nobody heard from he's a a Jungian writing about mythology and fairy tales and some kind of like primordial virtues of 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 things like masculinity and the like mm -hmm. and uh and I think he saw a niche an opportunity um around online uh how to put this uh you know not quite men's rights activism but but being men's rights and alt right adjacent and channeling that and giving a kind of institutional and academic credibility to that and um, it's kind of an indictment on the, the current state of academia in that you know you're allowed or not allowed but you're definitely encouraged to kind of get online and mm -hmm. pursue other forms of legitimation that's not just peer review and, and, right, and all yeah. that kind of stuff so the guy's got like a patreon account with like worth a million dollars yeah all right so he's got this direct connection with his audience and um and his his writing is really terrible like it's not like uh, you know, he's not somebody whose intellectual uh, wit and and prose is 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 to be feared. Or, um, well, I mean, I guess the impact that he has broader socially um, is something to be really deeply concerned with. But he's not. Well, how to put this? He's not the sharpest guy. Mm. Um, but he's had this incredible cut through an impact. And if I just sum this up 
uh, I remember. Um, yeah, I, th- I think this is the best way to describe Jordan Peterson. I remember watching a TV's, D- TVNZ news piece a good while back, and there was some uh, principal from an all-boys school, private boys school. I think this was, I, I want to say it was somewhere in Nelson, Marlborough. And basically he'd led a kind of new uh, kind of advocacy and push for young men because of all the negative images in popular culture and on TV commercials of, I don't know, men getting kicked in the balls for comic relief and that that was just such uh, an important struggle for men right now. I mean, he's just basically mm. your cranky granddad who's just like every time a man is in some form of, uh, you know, not celebrated for his masculinity, uh, it's somehow deeply unset- uh, upsetting. It's that's, that's Jordan Peterson. Yeah, well, and as you say, you know, he's not, um, you know, a a creative genius in terms of his prose or anything but it is that's that's kind of indicative i think of the internet is the these characters just fall into into place they're somewhere at the right time yes like i mean pewdiepie you know he he just kind of fell into this thing on on youtube and and um i think donald trump in the presidency exactly (laughs) idioting if that's the word your way to the top right never log off Never stop posting, you know, post through it. And absolutely, he is the consummate kind of internet entrepreneur. Mm. Um, And look, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, like Zizek would have been the YouTube philosopher. And of course, you know, Zizek's not unproblematic, but like there's a guy of of tremendous intellectual substance that you can either form an opinion against um, or or otherwise. But um, Peterson has these long kind of I mean they're they're so embarrassing because this is like he's talking at length describing what's in Pinocchio mm. and the toxic messages of contemporary Disney and he's just like and then this happens in the scene and then this happens and then this happens and like you know you're a media studies guy like analysis of text is 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 very rich and allows you to to, to speak on bigger in-depth social cultural whatever but the guy just gets up and just talks about Disney films and what's in a Disney film, mm-hmm. you know, like um and the I guess the 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 most annoying thing about him, my, my hatred for him is <laughs> is the is the straw man of this thing God knows what it is of cultural marxism which is also postmodernism in Frankfurt school and also intersectional stuff and all this yeah this stuff is just it's it's overdetermined as Althusser would say right like yeah. it means he doesn't actually know what he's mad about as are most young men not necessarily they don't necessarily know what they're mad about they think it's because they've lost the patriarchy or something but you know it's you know the bigger forces uh, whatever, whether it be capital or otherwise, um, so overdetermined. It's it's a thousand mm. different things that make you mad all at once. Yeah. Um, now he, he so obviously hasn't read much. Of he's it. not read. Listen, he. Um, uh, you know, I had a DM from uh, somebody, prominent writer, who said, "Look, I don't even think he understands." the uh, genealogy of the term cultural Marxism as a blatant anti-Semitic trope. Mm. Um, so let's, let's put the French aside for one second. Let's put, this, is, this is such a huge thing, but you really put your finger on it. So he talks, he's got a grand theory, um, which is ironic because uh, well, his grand theory is that Marxism, political Marxism, 
embodied in Lenin or whatever uh, was deemed, demonstrated to have been uh, a, such a colossal failure that the Marxists, through their mastery of Freud, and that's <coughs> really, that's a very common American anti-Semitic uh, John Birch Society trope is that like, you know, you see this in Glenn Beck all the time, like, oh, you know, Edward Bernays, the founder of, of public relations, who was a nephew of Freud and a really interesting figure who's the subject uh, yeah. of Adam Curtis documentaries. Yep. It's like they are they manipulate our libidinal desires. And this is actually again, this is the classic trope of anti-Semitism that the Jews in Hollywood teach you how to desire and make you want certain things culturally mm -hmm. uh, licentious whatever to take us off our our primordial morals and all the rest of it there was um I wrote about this uh, Daily Stormer which is of course uh, the white supremacist website that has been deregistered from Google uh, there was a uh, I want to say great but it's not great but like a hilarious demonstration of this when uh, somebody wrote an article about how the Jewish porn industry is uh, making young white men uh, idealize or uh, plus-size models in, in order to degenerate the race or whatever. So the mm. Jews are controlling not just the media, but our desires and our fantasies. Yeah. So that's... Uh, so the Marxists went from, like, power, the state, the economy, into academy, mm. the academy, which is the most pernicious cultural center of power, right? The idea that actually academics kind of control anything in the broader society. I mean, he is a case in point that the academy is failing because by any standards of, of, of merit or peer review, he wouldn't have the platform that he does as one of the world's leading public intellectuals. Um, but the, the main kind of linchpin of, of cultural Marxism is that uh, they replaced explicit appeals to economic emancipation with a kind of culture is the front line, is yeah. the war for hearts and minds. So what we're going to do is we're going to undermine you know, the family, traditional masculinity, marriage, gender, whatever, mm -hmm. and we're going to create academic texts and pop cultural texts which do all of that, mm -hmm. um, which, uh, so, therefore, Frozen, right, which somehow, I haven't seen Frozen, but I've, through the sobs of Jordan Peterson's, I, uh, I have figured out that <laughs> the, the, the prince or the, the man in the film is bad, mm. and that is cultural Marxism. That is the Marxists at work in Disney, um, triple, triple parentheses Marxists, um, <laughs> you know, undermining and waging this war on our children's minds. But again, I, yeah, I don't think Peterson necessarily knows that, but he, this is a trope of the John Birch Society and the far right in America for the last 50, 60 years. And it, it, it owes to, um, you know, some gentlemen you'll know pretty well, the Frankfurt School, uh, you know, prominent uh, German socialist, uh, Marxist theorists like Adorno, like Horkheimer, uh, Marcuse, uh, Habermas, who, you know, fleeing Nazi Germany, came to America to set up this agenda to <laughs> somehow infuse pop culture and, and whatever with the with Marxism. And, the, of course, the biggest joke is that Theodore Adorno hated popular culture, thought it was all decadent bourgeois nonsense, yeah, yeah. and was completely <laughs> irredeemable. Yeah. And, and many Marxists will, will still hold to, to some of that 
kind of reading of popular culture. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'll just I'll stop there. So the yeah the 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 whole anti-postmodern or anti-cultural Marxism bent it has a long history in conservative you know philosophy uh, or rather conservative um, academia, and um, but the. There's other things going on here, isn't there? It's a, it's a, you know, the need for a, a pseudo intellectual kind of uh, legitimization of the alt light or, or some sort of right um, is almost, you know, part of it is almost a response to to campus culture and 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 identity politics as right. well, isn't it? And oh, so they they've conflated campus identity politics with the Frankfurt School. Uh, and Marxism. And of course, the irony is that, uh, you know, mo- and I, listen, I don't want to make this the emphasis of the talk because uh, so many disingenuous, uh, whatever, whether it's Peterson or whether it's establishment, conservatives and liberals want to just stop, talk nonstop about campus activist excesses. But some of what they identify would be really hostile to Marxism, mm. right? Would call Marxism, yeah, yeah. you know, vulgar Marxist right. essentialist that's anti-identity politics mm. and all the rest of it. So, but nevertheless, some of these forms of identity-based activism are perceived as this all-encompassing, overdetermined project of cultural Marxism. Um, but, I mean, this is really interesting because... Jordan Peterson's stock is rising, and in a, not just through his Patreon and online all right circles, but in um, you know kind of establishment. You know, David Brooks, who's a big columnist at, at the New York Times, says you know he's one of the most important thinkers out there today. Blah blah blah. Um, but we've just seen this week Richard Spencer has basically been punched off the streets, if you will, that uh, anti-fascist organizers have essentially made the Nazi-speaking circuit um, not possible, um, which is a good thing, of course, um, but this stuff is migrating, mm. and it's migrating into very, I think, more worrying kind of uh, circles, which is in our mainstream popular culture at the top of bestseller lists, right? Um, and that's a real problem. I mean... Jordan Peterson's book, it's pretty funny because if you actually look at... the 12 Rules for 12 Life, rules. An it's, it's, Antidote to Chaos. Uh, all right, so he's... self-help book. Uh, it's, yeah, it's like, somebody's got to tell these young boys that their lives matter and they have value. This basically, it's a self-help book for, for little boys. Um, again, you know, the fragility of, of masculinity. And it again, um, it's, it's, it's funny because if you think of a guy like Mike Cernovich, who's another alt-right online entrepreneur, nasty guy, guys propagated this conspiracy Pizzagate that mm. the Democratic Party in Hollywood is a conspiracy of uh, a you know child predator ring. Like if you strip away all that stuff, it's like it's you know Mike Cernovich's book is like breathing exercises and guides yeah, to kind yeah, of achieve yeah. masculine guerrilla mindset. So it's it is pretty funny how again it's it's very classically american i know peterson is canadian but you know uh it's all self help stuff but mm. um it's you know he's he sets up these uh pretty spurious binaries that there are i mean order versus chaos and again what are some of the neologisms or synonyms for cultural marxism which it, you know the Jews as agents of chaos, mm. disrupting natural power and order, whether that be gender relations or anything else in society. Um, 
Yeah, and I've got my anec- uh, I've got an anecdote. Um, I was in a prominent academic, well, prominent in an academic context, and and I was giving a, a talk about uh, how uh, some some somewhere the uh, you were there, George. Uh, how Jordan Peterson came up in that like his kind of spurious. Uh, appropriation of of reason and scientific discourse that was embodied in this clip that mm-hmm. some of your listeners may well have seen um, around lobsters. Yeah, and um, you know, it's, this is a long winding anecdote. I'm sorry. No, go for it. But basically, it's this idea. He interviewed. Look, lobsters. They're they're. I'm not going to do the voice. You know, they're creatures that have lived tens of millions of years, and they have this natural hierarchy. And the alpha males do this, and then they do that. And it's chemical, and they secrete a certain thing when they are alpha, and it's a natural order. And we're not we're not messing with that. You know, like or it's it's unfixed, and that's why they've survived for however many uh, millions of years. But here we are in the West because of the cultural Marxists for the last 40 years we've upset everything <laughs> we we are seeing the alt-right lashing out because they're being told that they're bad boys for wanting traditional patriarchy and all the rest of it and 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 he would say simply that I'm just asking the question is it so that you know these things should happen in our society and, and what happens when you go against kind of evolution against science anyway I was in this academic context and I said look you know here's the danger when we see people online appropriating the discourses of science and reason is that you know science and reason become ways of masquerading reaction and social darwinism and eugenics mm. and race science and all of this disgusting despicable stuff that we thought maybe we left in the 1920s and a- after this talk a very prominent academic pulled me aside and said look you know Jordan Peterson, I, th- I think he's a classical liberal, and I, I really like how he goes at the SJWs. <laughs> and I was like, I said to the guys, I said, look, man, if, if cultural Marxists were running anything, I'm, I, I might actually have a job. So I don't think that thesis <laughs> uh, holds up too well. But anyway, so this stuff is influential. It's, yeah, yeah, it, no, they love it's, it. It's, it's, it's everywhere right now, and, um, and we should be very concerned. Mm. Um, I'll take a break and we'll uh, listen to a song and be back soon. This is uh, Vera Williams uh, with It's Nice to Lose. You're on the one. Vera Williams there with uh, It's Nice to Lose. And it's quarter to 1pm here on Total Screen with me, George, and Olivia Jatel. Uh, and we're talking about the uh, conservative philosopher, uh, or um, what is he? He's a psychologist. Um, social psychologist. Social um, Jungian. Jungian. Um, Jordan he calls B. himself Peterson. a philosopher, a history of... And it, it's so funny. So he's he's a hist- uh, he does a kind of history of mythology and stuff. And again, he just he loves Disney films, mm. which is interesting for a uh, you know a guy who's popular among the kind of Sam Harris like science logic and reason. He's doing he's doing um m- you know media analysis. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he's doing the thing that he hates postmodernists for doing, which mm. is like ascribing these dense readings into media texts that are that are subversive and marxist and all the rest of it um but i you know your shout out to sam harris is i I think really important and i think i I wonder if there's some good academic work on this but 
I think the uh, the new uh, sorry, what's the word? The new atheist movement mm. are the principal culprits for this kind of online yeah. logic nerd bullshit, mm. like. Yeah, I have 150 IQ. Uh, that premise is uh, that kind of, and 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 we've seen how uh, conservatives like Ben Shapiro, mm-hmm. um, who's uh, how would you describe Ben Shapiro? He's a kind of abstinence, uh, uh, anti-liberal, but then somehow, n- you know, anti-Trump, uh, former it's Breitbart weird, writer. It's like it's a it's like a private schoolboy, but also basement dwelling. Yes. It's, it's, Boom! It's, it's, yeah. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the, that's perfect way of putting it. And it's there is a pretense to logic and facts and reason, um, but it's just whatever their idiot prejudices are. Mm. Um, and it's it's so hilarious whenever you watch Sam Harris get just massacred by like Noam Chomsky or or whatever. It's like the guy has no understanding of politics or or power or or morals or anything. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so. Uh, Peterson appeals to these kind of logic nerd guys, um, and it's 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 all about pretense and and air and affectation. Mm-hmm. Well, um, there's you know you mentioned Noam Chomsky, and you know he he's similar to these conservatives in his hatred of what he will call postmodernism, what I would call probably French poststructuralism or something like yes. that. And um, you know he's quite a quite aligned. You know there's natural oh, morals and 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 that kind of thing, which is why I don't I don't like him. But um, you know that, so there's been that on the left, isn't there? He's anti-continental theory as a whole. I mean he's he so Noam Chomsky, bless him. Uh, I have been on the radio in this very building uh, with him on the telephone, um, and his politics are. Are wonderful and a mm-hmm. great tribute to to decades of struggle. But my God, is he the kind of rationalist, humanist, social scientist that I mean, you know, when when first years complain about wanky theory, mm-hmm. um, that's like <laughs> Noam Chomsky never changed, never changed Noam. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what you've identified, right? So like, uh, there's a lot of kind of conflation of of postmodernism of, of as anything theoretical and hard that you don't like which is what Jordan Peterson does because it's not clear and actually Shuja Hader um, writing at Paste magazine no sorry Tablet magazine uh, said look you know if you look at uh, Peterson's footnotes he's got one critical reference uh, hit job on Derrida and Foucault and basically proceeds to conflate all of French theory and philosophy mm. of the 20th century with this kind of awful strain of cultural Marxist, postmodern, postmodern in his understanding, meaning the collapse of morals, moral relativism, and all the rest of it. No, and, and there has been a left critique of postmodernism in that, you know, the idea, the you know, so modernity was a grand narrative of progress, of uh, automation of, of of a raft of kind of social forces that would lead us to uh, rational progressive society and um, postmodernism is basically there is no grand narrative right whether a communist grand narrative or a liberal democratic grand narrative there are no grand narratives and and all of that is contingent and that's you know it's it's a worthwhile point I think my own 
reading of this is we do need universalist kind of narratives while also knowing that these are not the forces of history that actually necessitate, oh, there mm. will be this great utopia or this X or this Y or whatever. Um, but we do need, sorry, this is what Ernesto McLeod talks about, the, the universal as the necessary horizon of the political. Like, mm -hmm. we do need to set our sights for that even if we know... Um, that it's contingent well, and, and all of that stuff. That's a good point because even some of these um, people, uh, you know, w w what people like Jordan Peterson would call postmodern, um, are you know quite uh, tra not traditionalist, but look look back for some kind of transcendental, um, you know, god like guiding power. Zizek mm -hmm. uh, and Baudrillard come to mind. Um, yep. In terms of of a need for uh, you know these kind of uh, um, uh, symbolic narratives. Well, so what I love again, I, what I love about Peterson is that he sees in postmodernism the kind of overarching grand narrative of communism. Yeah. Right. Which, of course, a, a real postmodernist would utterly and thoroughly reject. Mm. Um, and so this is the amazing thing about class consciousness and about, I guess, what Zizek would might say, oh, the universality of the Leninist party. I mean, he wouldn't really. He would say that in jest, uh, kind of trolling. But, like, for the forces of reaction, for the forces of capitalism, the terror and horror of, of communism or socialism or radical universal justice has never gone anywhere. Mm -hmm. It really is. Not, so it's still their nightmare. It's maybe no longer the dream of the left, and yet it's still their nightmare, which says something about the staying power of kind of appeals to the universal. Um, and and again, to bring it in conflict where the left, you know, so he sees in uh, forms of different gender and identity struggles, a kind of communism. And those actual forces would say, no, actually, we, we hate vulgar Marxist and economism and all the rest of it. But again, the power of that dream or nightmare is of a universality of which all of these things and forms of, of radical liberation um, could be reconciled. I'm, again, we're, we're very much in the academic realm here, but um, he is through and through the embodiment of reaction, reactionary thought. And, and here's the thing, like for all the kind of left critiques of the ways in which... Um, what is derisively referred to as SJWs or, or whatever, any of these hashtags, and they are creating incredible challenges to dominant culture. And we're seeing reaction. Now, the, 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 the real danger here is that the reaction is, is far bigger mm -hmm. and more dangerous than we could possibly conceive. And that's why we got to take Jordan Peterson very seriously. And, um, and does that mean... Oh, God. All right. So here's my thing where we have to be flexible in our thoughts. So Jordan Peterson exists because young boys go online, they feel angst about uh, social forces, yeah, or whatever, social forces in the life that they have no control over. Some of this just becomes like animus towards the Chads and Stacys, mm -hmm. and then they find <laughs> gamer forums that allow them to like, yo, no, actually, you know, I count, and here's this form of oppression that I'm facing at the hands of the Chadocracy, or, or whatever they're kind of made up of the feminists or the SJWs. So there's all these simple narratives, and then going along with the simple narratives, there's the Pepe memes and all this other stuff that attracts uh, people towards reactionary thought. Now, I do not want to make front and... So he's made Young Boys and the, the wars for young boys' hearts and minds the central kind of 
premise of his politics. Of course, I would never. That's not. No, of course not. I'd never do that, um, and that's that's foolish. But we do need a politics that allows people experiencing diminishing life opportunities as a consequence of neoliberal capitalism, of some of these big social transformations, and we have to do it in a way that allows them to, like, enjoyment is an important part of politics, so, like, tendencies towards Maoist shaming and, I'm sorry, like, I I think privilege checking as the starting point for politics is not great. It's just Mm. not great. Um, I think it divides more than it unifies, and some people do, like, performing acts of moral contrition or whatever um, but I, I don't think that can be the central strategy and because because what will happen is that yeah I mean like we'll lose some that we could have and then we'll be fighting people that we could have on our side um, and I'd rather have who we can have on our side and then really fight the ones that we want to to fight um, so I mean I mean you know maybe the way I frame that is a little bit glib but um, that's well, something we have to to deal with mm. because just to, to to that point of are the forces of of reaction going to win and be incredibly powerful i think you know that's where this will break down on and again uh, yeah well, well just to end i think that, that that's the most exciting uh one of the most exciting things on the on the left uh in, in on dis, in discourse on the left uh in academia and mm-hmm. in, in, in in pop writing, is is this divide that we've seen since the 2016 election of an ide- of a neoliberal identity politics uh-huh. um, and um, I guess m- Marxist materialism. You know, it's good that that's happening. It's uh, but in a sense, like we spent all this time, I, dude. I can show you like accounts of prominent academics, prominent democratic people saying that neoliberalism is basically the N-word. Mm. Like that basically, if you call somebody a neoliberal, which again is something that has a real material basis, that you're basically saying you don't like POC or all these different, like it's, it's. so yeah, we waste a lot of time on that shit, man, and that's and, uh, that's... And that's a real problem. And again, there's a difference between the, the, the Hillary Clinton I, identity politics and the um, the academic um, uh, intersectional or, right. or, or biopolitics or whatever yeah. it may be. Um, so, you know, when, when, when hardcore uh, Sanders mater- materialists conflate those, that's kind of annoying. But yes. I do think, uh, you know, there's some antagonism there that's really it's, exciting. It, yeah, again, I don't know how to, like, I mean, it's, it's something I spent a lot of time on in my writing, and, and this is the and this is the problem, too, like, with uh, how this looks to people on the outside. It's like, oh, a leftist, sla- you know, going in on SJ dubs, oh, that must mean the leftist is the alt-right, it's the alt-left, or, you know, like, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> you know, you you have these just incredibly frustrating uh, kind of cul-de-sacs that you, that you end on. So, I, again, one does not, I think, I think the way to think about this is that if, if we build, if we, I mean, a leftist universalist we, builds a culture that is strong and ascended enough and rooted in real struggles, um, then it'll eclipse whatever kind of stupid relitigating 
of media Democratic Party types want to have about 2016. Because, yeah. again, that's like a vocal minority online, and most people aren't online. And then, you know, you see mm. things like with uh, general strikes in places like West Virginia and Oklahoma, you know, Trump country. Mm. Um, some very promising ways of connecting with real people. And, um, and, and that's where this stuff needs to be. And isn't this crazy that, like, American political vocabulary has basically colonized everything that's uh, yeah yeah awesome well and and then you know the 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 effects of that is then we have to go and actually look at american politics because it it, it matters yeah. i mean you know in new zealand uh you know it's not as intense as, as what we're talking about um but it is a good framework uh to see the labor party through uh mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and see how they're going in terms of uh you know a, a leftism that is is kind of I mean, almost impossible in in the globalized, you know, free trade world we live in. But um, you know, we can we can keep them in check and, and that kind of thing. I will reserve comment on the current Labour Party because this would be another half hour. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, gotta, yeah, yeah you can bring that. me back on for that one. Yeah, okay, next time I will leave it there. <laughs> yeah, uh, cheers for coming in, Olivier. My man. Um, there's Olivier Jatel. He he is a uh, academic uh, here in Dunedin, just back from the. Uh, University of uh, the South Pacific in Fiji. It's just about to go one.